Alright, welcome again to our exciting adventure in the encounter, uh, summer encounter. We're coming toward the end. We're going to be talking about uh, Psalm 24, Testimony of God's Love. That's going to be the August 8th lesson. It's going to be the 10th lesson in our quarter. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to show you a couple more things that you can find on our website um, and a new product offering. So if you go to cpcmc.org and then <clears throat> scroll down, you'll see the communications team icon. If you'll click on the Cumberland Presbyterian, uh, you will go to the page set up for uh, our Cumberland Presbyterian magazine offering. This is a publication that's been in since 1829. Hopefully you're familiar with it, but if not, now you know what, uh, what, what you might be missing. So anyway, you get to that, scroll on down, and then you can click there for subscription options. That'll come up to digital magazines or subscriptions. Uh, this is our resource center. I'm just going to show you, you can click on the uh, digital magazines and then it'll go to each year where you can click on whatever year you're looking for. for. This year, the June magazine is available. You can buy just a single copy. This is a digital download. Uh, so if you click to buy now, it'll drop in your shopping bag and then you can go from there. Um, but anyway, you can find any of the magazines you might be missing or interested in. If you click on those, it will give you uh, kind of what's, what's in each, um, each magazine. So it'll have stuff for about the seminary. It'll have an editorial by Matt Gore. It'll have different, different uh, offerings from each of our teams and so on and so forth. So feel free to try that. If you go back, you can go to... Um, back to the original page, the subscriptions, and this will give you the subscription options. Uh, this is your print option. You can click on that and sign up for a year. You also have a digital subscription, which you can download uh, each month. You get a code sent to you. And so anyway, just go ahead and subscribe to that and you get all of the, the whole year for $18 uh, in the digital. So I wanted to let you know about that. The other thing I want to let you know about is starting in the fall, uh, you will be able to get the encounter uh, through Kindle format and so the easiest way to get to it would be um, type in fall encounter 2021 in um, in your search bar on Amazon that'll come up and there it is right there it's going to be written by Derek Jacks Reverend Derek Jacks this time so you can click on that and then you can download that and um, it's pretty nice format I like it a lot uh, so anyway, just know that that is available now, and I'm excited to offer that. So tell a friend. So go to Amazon, type in Fall Encounter 2021. You can download your Fall Encounter. Go ahead and get started. Uh, the paper copy should be being sent out. You might, your church might actually already have it. But anyway, wanted to let you know that. And now we will get to our lesson today. Again, it's for August 8th. It's Psalm 24, a testimony of God's love and our prayer for illumination. Everlasting God, whose tenacious love holds us, make our hearts the house of your truth and make our minds the realm of your wisdom so that our fellowship will become your dwelling place. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the memory verse is from Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. So the way this is broke down, uh, this is a really good... It's a really good psalm. Uh, what, what I was hoping for in the lesson, what Dr. Qualls did, <clears throat> was that we acknowledge this 
goodness of God, this power and majesty of God, that God condescends to us, and then, and then the response to us is um, testimony. Uh, so if you see verses 1 and 2 of our psalm, Psalm 24, reads, The earth is the Lord and all that's in it, the world and those who live in it. He has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. So in other words, we're acknowledging that God is amazing and majestic and he's the creator of all things. So then in verses 3 through 6, uh, we, we ask the question, or the psalmist asks the question, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? And it answers that in verses 4, 5, and 6. It says, Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God of, their salvation, of the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of God, the God of Jacob, Selah. And then in verses 7 through 10, you have the switching of God is amazing, verses 1 and 2, and then 3 through 6, how can we access this God? Who's able to access this God? And then uh, the psalmist ends from 7 to 10 by saying, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Verse 8 asks the question, Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. So there's the flow of the passage. God is great. How can we come near to this great God? And then who is this great God? And it's this proclamation that God is God. And he's the king of glory. He's, he's everything we ever need. And Dr. Qual starts our introduction with the reflection question. Have you ever taken a moment to ponder by what basis are you righteous before God? Right? So you're asking that question. Who can, who can come into this fellowship with this great and mighty God who founded the creation on the waters and these kinds of things? And Dr. Qualls gives a humorous introduction um, but it is a good question. How do you believe that you're able to walk into this uh, majestic, in the presence of the majestic God? We read in Isaiah, or we see in Matthew, or we see in different various places in Scripture, Moses, when someone encounters the most holy, glorious, majestic God, they, they fall in terror and fear because uh, they know that they're not worthy to live in the presence or to be in the presence of a holy God. But in some way, shape, or form, God uh, makes us worthy or holy enough to come into God's presence. And so that's kind of what uh, the introduction is talking about. It, it's not out of our own, it's not our own majesty, it's not our own righteousness, but it comes from somewhere else. And that's what we're getting through. It's God's choice in Christ to bring us into fellowship with God's self. So the historical setting of this text is when uh, the Ark of the Covenant is coming uh, to Jerusalem, when David brings the Ark near his palace. And again, the question in the back of, the, back of our mind as we read this text is, who is able to stand in this sacred place to approach the Almighty? Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? And Dr. Qualls, I think, hits it right. He says, this is the question for the ages, right? Um, I like what he writes here. 
The answer is more unsettling than calming. Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, which denote integrity, character, and honesty, this holy place only welcomes the pristine and pure devotees of the Lord. Right? So how in the world do we um, get into the presence of God? Or, as Dr. Qualls points out in our reflection question, maybe we try to run away from the presence of the Lord, acknowledging our sinfulness and our, our not worthiness, unworthiness. Um, and so the reflection question is, what are some ways people attempt to distance themselves from God because they do not believe themselves worthy? What about you? And so I think if you're in class this week, um, you bring out this question. There's two responses to God, right? So in Scripture, you see the response from like Moses or Isaiah or Matthew, and they say, away from me, Lord, I, you know, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Uh, but then God uh, cleanses them. But then you have other responses when somebody's in the presence of holiness. They don't pursue it, but they run away uh, in fear or in evilness or whatnot. Think of Moses and, and Pharaoh. Pharaoh denies coming to a relationship with God. Uh, Moses embraces it, and, you know, with a little bit of a, you know, uh, cajoling. Uh, Moses comes in. But those are the two responses that we have. So when we have this question in the Psalms, you have this holy God who can stand? Nobody can. But what's then your, what's your response? Did you run away for a long time and then finally God brought you into this relationship? Maybe you're still running away from God and you've not opened yourself up to enjoy the presence of God. Maybe the presence of God in your life is still fear. Um, and if so, then this is the psalm that you, you need to read because God invites us into his presence and his holiness. Um, but it's beca not because of us, but through a cleansing source or a worthy source, which we, we say is Jesus Christ. He opens up the gate to the presence of God. So then that brings us into the digging deeper section. Um, and I, I think Dr. Qualls brings up a really good thing, especially in our um, world today. That second paragraph, he writes, There's a lot of focus in the Bible on cleanliness. Principally, how one can become unclean. In the purity laws or holiness code within the Old Testament, a person can become impure in various ways, such as touching or eating the wrong thing, uh, coming down with certain types of diseases, through bodily functions, and a variety of other things that seem bizarre to our 21st century mind. An unclean person had to avoid that which was holy until they could be made clean. If the unclean person even approached the sanctuary, there were penalties up to and including death. They took their cleanliness to another level. All right, uh, and then he goes on to say, you know, for the most part in Christ, we Christians have left a lot of those hygiene rules and dietary laws, and we say that in Christ they're fulfilled, so we don't have to talk about those too much. But the uh, underlying issue of being holy or righteous or clean before God is still there, right? Um, and so we don't train ourselves or make ourselves worthy, but instead, as Dr. Qual says on page 66, last sentence of that first paragraph, but as Christians, we can turn to the glorious gospel. We proclaim into media mediocre news uh, if we're not, excuse me, but as Christians, we can turn the glorious gospel that we proclaim into mediocre news. If we're not careful, something akin to, quote-unquote, do the best you can, followed by try harder, try harder, no, no, try harder. 
that's not the gospel. It's not try harder or make your, make sure that you're not doing things that make you unclean. The gospel is the proclamation that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven, we're cleansed, and we're brought into the presence of God through the act of Jesus Christ. It's not about trying harder, which um, Dr. Qualls then picks up that next paragraph. He uh, uh, quotes Paul David Tripp in one of his uh, writings. It says, Since sin is deeper than bad behavior, in other words, what makes you unclean is, is more than skin deep. Uh, trying to do better isn't a solution. Only grace that changes the heart can rescue us. Right? And I think that's exactly what Jesus Christ was uh, getting to when he was talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees uh, were condemning him because he didn't wash his hands or his disciples didn't wash his hands. Uh, and you might remember... Um, Jesus says it's not what goes into the body that makes a person unclean, but it's what comes out from the heart uh, that makes a person unclean. And so what Jesus was saying is less focus on ritual, less focus on uh, the external things that we can claim clean or unclean, but look at your heart. Are you where you need to be uh, in a relationship with God? Are you being humble and so on and so forth? But ultimately, uh, on page 67, um, Dr. Qualls hits it just right. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, we read this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ tasted death once for all. We're not worthy to come into the presence of God, to stand on God's, God's holy hill. But the only one who is worthy says, come stand here beside me. You have right standing here because you are with me. I think that's absolutely perfect and right. And don't uh, forget, you can connect this with Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. So in class, make sure you bring up all these other biblical foundations by which we can uh, say that we are certainly right before God. It's not just our, it's not fulfilling our wish list, but, but the New Testament spells out in many different places how the Messiah makes a way for us, even as Gentiles and, and awful people, to have a spot before God. And then we turn to the learning from the scripture of the church, the witness of the church. Um, it's a focus on, what Dr. Qualls focuses on, I think is absolutely right. There's two things that the church proclaims then. Like we are able to have access to this holy God, and that leads us to repentance and humility, and a great dependence on Jesus Christ, but then it also leads us to this thanksgiving and this proclamation that Everyone, not just the chosen few, but everyone can come into a glorious relationship in the presence of a glorious God. And so Dr. Qualls notes uh, one of the old hymns of the faith. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to thy fountain fly, wash me Savior or I die. And then... Um, uh, Dr. Qualls quotes uh, Tony Campolo, Our testimony leads with humility and awareness that we stand secure on the holy hill only because God makes it so, and that is worthy of thanksgiving. And there's another quote from C.S. Lewis that I think is I've used quite a few times uh, because you're, you're not a real preacher if you don't use uh, C.S. Lewis at least two times every month in a sermon. Uh, Anyway, our reflection point. C.S. Lewis says, A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. 
And that's true. That should be the ethic of our of our life. We're always looking up toward 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 God and knowing our place is down below and we look up. We ascend the holy hill. We don't you know, come down and meet God. God condescends to us. And then the applying the scripture section, uh, Dr. Qualls has a really good uh, has a really good uh, illustration about what it means to to have Christ as your prize possession or this relationship with God as a prize possession. So I won't read that all the way through. Uh, that's something y'all can read on your own. But the discussion question I'd like to bring up, what's the ultimate prize in your life? How do you show reverence for that ultimate prize? And that's what I'm trying to get to with this lesson. That's what Dr. Qualls got us to, is that there is this response that, man, it's crazy that we can think that that the creator of all things, and I don't know if you've been watching or paying attention to like the space race and, and all this stuff that's happening, but just to know that it's such a big deal that people can get up to just outside of our orbit, and that's a big, big deal, and that's only a small slice of the universe. Yet, like Psalm 8 says, human beings have this special spot with God. Um, that should be an ultimate prize, but far too often we settle for such small things. And, I, and my prayer is that, um, is that this faith in Jesus Christ and the presence, being in the presence of God, becomes our, our ultimate goal. And, and like Paul, we can say, you know, all these things I consider rubbish so that I might know this, the, the, the power of the resurrection. Right? And so anyway, that, that would be my hope. Uh, good illustration there. Um, and I'd ask that discussion question. What's the ultimate prize in your life? And then maybe you ask why. Like, and that's what we get to on that second part is how do you show reverence? Like, this is the ultimate prize. Here's how I show it. Uh, and, and maybe uh, just highlight how we spend uh, lots of our time and lots of our energies and lots of our devotions on material things and things that don't matter. And so uh, this psalm pushes us toward, I think, something greater. So... Anyway, quick and easy this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.